As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the Athletic Baseball Show for Monday, October 9th. This is On Deck. I'm Stephen Nesbitt, and I'm joined by Levi Weaver. Levi, a couple games into the division series here, and boy, do we have some surprises. We are going to focus on the American League series, uh, which are going to resume with Game 3s on Tuesday in Minnesota and in Texas. But we're recording this before the National League games on Monday, so uh, so we're going to go light on those because we don't want to give you outdated. We don't, we don't come here to give you outdated information. Levi, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm fine with outdated information. Did you guys see that 1988 World Series? Oh, boy. Is that Gibson or is that like 89? Uh, I have no idea. 88, I think, was the uh, Twins beating the Braves. I Now I've probably given you outdated and wrong information, I'm sure. It's been an interesting weekend because I, uh, you know, I covered the Texas Rangers for seven years. I feel like that's the team that I pay the closest attention to in Major League Baseball. I got to tell you, I did not expect them to beat the Rays in two games on the road, much less go into Baltimore and win the first two games there. I did not, uh, 89, by the way, was, yeah, that was the the Giants and A's. I did not expect to see that the Rangers beat the Orioles the first two games in the series. Uh, I'm, I'm in shock and awe. I'm going to be at that game on Tuesday night. And um, it's not that I didn't think the Rangers were good, and maybe a better word than good is streaky. They've been extremely streaky in the second half. But, I thought the Orioles were better than this. I really expected them to um, to put up a bigger fight. And man, I'm not exactly sure what to say about it, but it's been a big surprise for, I think, both fan bases. I think both sides are, are learning something. Or the national fan probably is learning two things at once, which is that the Texas Rangers are very dangerous offensively. Um, and they have just enough pitching right now to make it work. But they have beat up on Rays pitching. They have beat up on Orioles pitching 3-2 in Game 1, uh, a close one, but 11-8 to in Game 2. And they have taken like these small opportunities where you say, oh, Grayson Rodriguez in Game 2, we, we got to get to him. Yeah, they got to him, uh, just like the D-backs did against Clayton Kershaw, just not quite as ugly of a line. And this is where like second-guessing theater comes into, into play here because they're, yes, like you got to start Grayson Rodriguez one of these games. Historically, he's not been great against the Rangers. His debut was against the Rangers. Uh, and he was okay, actually, that day. But then in late May, he started against them. I think he gave up like seven runs, short outing, and that was the game that got him sent down to the minors. It was going to happen eventually because sustained 
you know, poor play was headed that direction, but they really got to him. Like he'd seen them once or he'd seen them twice. You could say, but also they'd seen him twice and they, boy, they had him lined up. He was not crisp. He was not sharp. And this was uh, just as disastrous as that second uh, start in May. But um, the other thing you're learning here is that the, the Orioles do have, they have some weaknesses and that lineup can keep you in games, right? It can keep you in a come-from-behind situation. Like we saw all season, they were coming back, rattling off these come-from-behind wins. I think they were either tied or leading in baseball the most come-from-behind wins in the course of the season. Their offense can do that. Absolutely top to bottom, they can do it. But then something happens like game one where they're down one run, ninth inning, Gunnar Henderson takes off. And I, I wrote about this for the preview the next day. But I want to see like Brandon Hyde being so confused in, about what happened in the dugout. Why was that? Had Gunnar done this before? And so I looked and he'd stolen 13 times in the regular season. 10 of them was successful. But none of them were that late in the game. And none of them, none of them actually, which surprised me, were when they were trailing at all. Not even the first inning were they trailing. So this is not a guy who was taking risks with his opportunities to get into scoring position. And there's a big one. And it turns out, sounds like, uh, Aaron Hicks missed a hit and run. And... Uh, at least that's what I was seeing in, in one of the stories. And so clearly a miscommunication, as they say, and so costly because that was an opportunity for them to get somebody at least on base and if not in scoring position. And they, they could do it. I was sweating it uh, a little bit watching that. Like, not not sweating it so much. You know, the, the, the fan comes off when you become a professional journalist and you become objective, but just sort of watching it and go, I've, I've seen this I've seen this play out before. I've watched enough Oriole games to see them come from behind so many times. I've watched enough Rangers games to watch them come from ahead so many times. And it just absolutely flipped the script on that exact play when Jonaheim threw out Gunnar Henderson. You're like, okay, there's a chance that this might not end the way that we all thought it was going to end. And man, I know that momentum gets a little overrated, I think, in baseball. What's the old quote? Momentum is as good as your next day starter. But man, you could just feel the Orioles comeback coming back and then they didn't. And the Rangers took game one, which was a surprise. And then, you know, then they came out and like you said, beat up on Grayson Rodriguez a little bit in game two. And man, now we're looking at a a situation we did not expect to see. Now, if you're the Orioles, you're up against it right now. You're looking at Nathan Evaldi in game three in Texas. You're on the road. The Orioles have not been swept since last May. Like when Adley Rutschman was called up in May of 2022. From that point until now, if my uh, sources are to be believed, they have not been swept since then. That is freaking insane. So they have that going for them. Or you could say they're due. Either way, you know, you can twist these stats any way you want. But they're facing Nathan Evaldi. He struggled when he came back from injury at the end of the season, but gradually got stronger and stronger. Looked like his old self when he pitched against the race. He was very strong. So, they're up against it, no doubt. But, as I wrote in the wind-up today, if they win on Tuesday, then the series is 2-1. Who pitches for the Rangers on Thursday? It's not Jordan Montgomery. It's not Cody, it's not Cody <laughs> I Bradford. Don't, I don't it's know. not Dane one Dunning? of Andrew Heaney or Dane Dunning because they basically piggybacked in game one. It's certainly not Evaldi going for a second day in a row. It's probably, it's probably Martin Perez. That is probably who you're facing in Game 4. At that point, you got to like the Orioles' chances in a Game 4. No no disrespect to Martin Perez, but he lost his spot in the rotation. Hey, but you know what? So did Andrew Heaney, and he was very good in Game 1. The playoffs are a crapshoot. After that, you're looking at Game 5 on Friday. So I wrote in the windup that they, the Rangers might have to go back to Heaney-Dunning for Game 5. That actually probably isn't true, because that game's Friday, right? So you could go back to Jordan Montgomery on, on full rest. So... 
it's a long road ahead for the Orioles. They're not done, but boy, howdy, have they put themselves in quite a, a difficult position. Another thing you pointed out in the windup today was this uh, two stats I actually wanted to call out was uh, for the Orioles, Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, Cedric Mullins, Jordan Westberg, and Ryan Mountcastle have combined to go seventh for 37 in these first two games. That's where you question how much did this long layoff hurt you? It's like the... It's like the um, topic that everyone hates to hear every single year because you're asking, like, is it helpful to have days off? Is it hurt to have days off? Whatever. Bottom line is they have not hit. Meanwhile, the, the Rangers have had everybody hit, including their their rookies who have been fantastic. And then the, the other stat I want to point out, the Rangers have not been back home since September 25th. This is their long-awaited homecoming after they had to fight for first place. They lost first place. They lose the bye. Had to play two games in Tampa, and now they take the first two. Boy, have they taken advantage of these last couple of weeks? Here's how long ago this uh, road trip. How long ago this road trip started? We are now in the second round of the playoffs. This road trip started against the Angels, who haven't seen the playoffs in forever. So, like, it went Angels, then Mariners, <laughs> then all the way across the country from Seattle to Tampa. Then let's take a, a northbound turn up to Baltimore. And now they're finally headed back to Texas. They've been on the road for literally two weeks. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Now for our other American League series going on. Uh, this one's a good one so far. This has been the Jordan Alvarez show. However, it is tied up one-to-one after two games. The first game, Justin Verlander, Bailey Ober. Verlander wasn't, wasn't impeccably sharp, but he got what he needed to do. Done with some traffic in the early innings. He goes six uh, shutout and goes six to four win after Altuve homers on the first at bat for the Astros. And then Alvarez goes deep twice. That dude is so good. Alvarez goes deep again in the second game, but the Carlos Correa homecoming again is uh he, he had some good quotes earlier this week about how people treat him in houston so kindly and he's like are you sure you want to say good luck to me and they the uh, twins win that one six to two to tie this one up this is a a more even series than i think a lot of people assume given how weak the american league central is people just want to dump on it and hey i'm from al central land right i grew up rooting for the tigers i understand how bad that division is but that also, there's been a division that's historically had a little bit of success getting someone deep in the playoffs, and the Twins are doing their part here. It's been a good one so far. Game three is going to be Christian Javier against Sonny Gray. Good matchup. Gray having the far better year this year, but Javier was actually my pick for, for I think, Cy Young this year or like top three, I mean, a preseason pick. So this is a dude who is very good, has really, really good stuff. His like stuff plus is off the charts if you're a you know Saris head like me. And so this is going to be a good one. But in the middle of all this, Levi, in the middle of all this, the Astros decided today was a pretty good day on the off day to, um, I guess they maybe not chose to reveal it. Chandler Rome, our Astros writer, sussed out that they had parted ways with assistant GM Bill Furcus and farm director Sarah Goodrum 
So Fergus, reading from the story, he oversaw the team's uh, player personnel, research and development, sports medicine, and performance science. He'd been with them like a decade. And uh, Goodrum uh, was hired away from the Brewers in December 2021, and made that made her one of the highest-ranking female execs in the sport. That she had been also their minor league hitting coordinator prior to that for the Brewers. And uh, she saw the organization's entire player development infrastructure and staff. So this is not necessarily a surprise that the Astros and the new GM are going to make some moves, but for it to come out in the middle of a, a tied series uh, after they lose game two at Houston, that surprised me. But I guess that's honestly on our on our guy Chandler for breaking the news when he had it. Yeah, no, I'm sure they didn't want that to come out quite just yet. But, uh, you know, like being the youngest human cannonball at the monster truck rally, working in the front office for the, for particularly the Astros, I feel like they have a bigger turnover than most. So yeah, good luck to them as they, as they move forward. And, um, and yeah, good job to Chandler for breaking the news. Yeah. Well, I, I saw someone in the comments saying, finally, some good news on the Mets front office front. So, Hey, Mets, there are a couple, couple, uh, seasoned execs out there now. Go ahead and go ahead and go grab them. The rest of this series hinges, I think, largely on what we get from the starting rotations. They're both good. They are both strong, but it's going to come up to come down to some of these matchups we see. Um, I think it's going to line up for game four. Kenta Maeda against Hunter Brown. Brown had a good year. Maeda, I mean, good as well. They're sort of like the backstops of this of this uh, playoff rotation for both these teams that are really strong one through three. Man, it's it's interesting because these teams can both play the matchups pretty well. So right-handers there, a lot of lefties for them both to exploit. So I think this is a series that if one of them is going to go five of these two, I think it's this one, which might sound stupid in hindsight because one of them is already 2 nothing, and so it could be over any day. But um, <laughs> the Twins lineup, I think a lot of people are learning these names for the first time. The same cannot be said of the Astros. We know those names very, very well. And when you get into the first inning and realize you have to go up against Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, maybe Jose Abreu. I think you're going to get a little bit worried there. Uh, that's just the way That's the way the Astros are. That's the way they've been for years and years. And on the other side, though, on the other side, like to, to get the lineup that they can put together, Royce Lewis popping homers left and right. And with Carlos Correa being a playoff Carlos Correa with a bunch of lefties that can that can hurt you. This is a Twins lineup that is equally dangerous even if they didn't get as much notice in the regular season. And they can hit homers with the best of them. Like we said uh, at the start of the playoffs, this is a team that knows how to walk, knows how to homer, knows how to strike out a lot. And so if you can avoid those strikeouts in the postseason, it's usually a, a sign of success. All right, Levi, you know what time it is. Time for us to check in on the on-deck arcade. We've got our postseason homer chase going on. Each round, you pick two hitters. I pick two hitters. We count up the total we get from them. First round, the wild card, you ended up getting a home run off the bat of Adolis Garcia. And once we use a guy, just got to scratch him off the list. So gone are Randy Rosarena and the Rays. Gone are Jake Berger and the uh, Marlins. Gone is Corey Seager as well. So second round, I took Gunnar Henderson and Ronald Acuna. You took Matt Olson and Kyle Schwarber. We've only got one game through the National League. However, you have no homers from those thumpers. And I got a Gunnar Henderson homer in a bit of a blowout. Didn't help anybody else except for, well, his stats, his family, and my case. So it is a tied ball game through uh, just a couple games here in the division series. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried. We've because both of my guys are NL guys. We've only had one game each. By the time people hear this, they're going to be watching the ball soaring off the bat of Kyle Schwarber. Matt Olson's going to hit like six. So I'm not worried. We'll be fine. Yeah, meanwhile, we haven't picked Jordan Alvarez because we're not smart. Well, that's yeah. We'll see who gets to pick first. Or maybe we're smart or so smart that we said we can't waste him in a five game series. We got to save him for a seven game. But we're going to waste Schwarber and Olsen and Acuna. We have no problem with that. 
honestly, the reason I didn't waste him is because the Twins pitching is so good. I expected that it would be better to wait for Alvarez to face either the Orioles or the Rangers. Alvarez against the Orioles would be, that'd be a nightmare. I mean, I'm sure the same for the Rangers. The Rangers would be the same, yeah. That's the thing. He hits he hits lefties so well too. So you really can't ma- you can't platoon him up. You can't match up against that guy. So hope you have a great bullpen. Is that the Rangers calling? Not a great bullpen. Alrighty, we're gonna get out of here. Time for us to go enjoy the National League games. Enjoy the American League games tomorrow, which is Tuesday. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Brian for producing today's show. You can find our work all week long at theathletic.com. Subscribe to The Athletic for $2 per month for the first year at theathletic.com slash baseball show. Sign up for The Windup. Please do. Subscribe to The Windup. Read it every morning. It's where you're going to read everything from Levi, from Ken Rosenthal. Every morning it's going to get you up to speed. So when I don't see something, I read that first thing. And that's where I learn uh, these fantastic details, like the fact that Carlos Correa is uh, 8 for 15 this postseason. I could have found that other places, but guess what? I didn't have to. I found it in the newsletter because Levi stayed up all night doing it for you. So please subscribe. If you wonder why I look so sleepy recording these uh, morning podcasts, that's that's why. Coming up next in your feed, Starkville. You're going to want to see what Doug Glanville and Jason Stark have for you. Give us a follow on Twitter. Levi's at 32EFUS and up late. And I'm at Stephen J. Nesbitt. We'll be back in a few days with an ALCS and LCS preview and more of What's on Deck.